the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, number one best-selling author multiple times, co-host of the popular afternoon Smart Money Happy Hour. I just assumed happy hours were in the afternoon. Hey, yeah, so check it out on podcast on the Ramsey Networks there, and uh, you can be part of all of that and enjoy her. She's with me today, my daughter, answering your questions at 888-825-5225. Sean's in Los Angeles. Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Yeah, uh, I just had a quick question for you guys. Um, so I'm a first-gen American immigrant family. Grew up a low-middle income. And so I went through college, debt-free. I made sure to go on scholarship. And then I recently graduated and got a job. Um, and then the first year, I made 180 k um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, Way to go. Yeah, what are you so, doing when you're out of college for 180 k That's impressive. So my job required me to do a lot of travel. So, you know, I sold my car during the peak of the pandemic to get. Now, what do you do for a living that makes 180K? Oh, I am an aerospace engineer. Oh, I guess you are. Way to go, man. Amazing. Good for (laughs) you. I appreciate it. I bet your mom and dad are just sitting around smiling. Yeah, yeah. My son, the genius. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, my main question was basically, um, so I had to buy a new car when I came back. I switch jobs, um, and now that I'm in Los Angeles, you know, I have, I'm trying to max out my retirement and everything, and I enjoy my job, but it's kind of, I grew up in a situation where, you know, we made sure to, you know, save where we can, don't buy anything unnecessary, and recently I've been kind of, I've had like a good amount of, uh, of wealth in the savings and everything like that, and my question is more of how to kind of get past the idea of, you know, scared to spend it, and then on top of that, how to invest it properly so that I don't spend too much and kind of build a budget for myself for the future. Yeah. What, where's your family from, Sean? Uh, we're based out of, Oh, so my family's from India originally. India. Okay. Okay. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah you know, I think when it comes to the idea of giving your per, yourself permission to spend, um, it's always helpful for me, Sean, to have something visual that I see with my numbers. So that would be a budget. And doing it, knowing exactly where my expenses, where my money's going to know that my bases are covered, that I'm doing, quote unquote, what I'm supposed to be doing with money, right? So uh, making sure retirement's good, we're saving for the future, all of that is done. And when you look at that and say, okay, and then I have some left over and actually putting it in line items and kind of like making yourself, forcing yourself to spend, which sounds kind of funny, but uh, when we talk about money a lot, it's almost like building a muscle and spending is one of those muscles that you, you have to build if you're not used to it or you're scared and you have that kind of more scarcity mentality. It is very difficult to enjoy your money and just to spend. So um, if you're in a position where you do have that extra money every month, I would put it in a line item. And again, it can be a small percentage. You don't have to do anything crazy, uh, but I would put it in a line item and and make yourself spend it again, whether that's going to a concert, whether that's going out to eat, whether that's going on a trip, like whatever that looks like, but uh, practicing spending and enjoying it. Cause that is part of living. Yeah. Being mm-hmm. generous, investing and spending wisely. These are the three things you can do. Okay. Gotcha. And, and spending gotcha. wisely is the enjoyment factor, so to speak. You're, you'll find later as you go along that generosity is actually more enjoyable than all of it. But, 
Um, anyway, you need to be doing all three at all times. Then when you're doing a budget, like Rachel's saying, we have a, uh, the world's best budgeting app that you can use for free. It's called Every Dollar. And the reason it's called Every Dollar is every month you should give every dollar a name, every dollar a mission, every dollar an assignment. And here's what's interesting. Once you're doing that, very few people mess up because we do stupid stuff when we don't see it in perspective to the other things like, Oh, I can afford that. Oh, wait, I can't buy groceries, you know, but if you got groceries down beside it, you go, Oh, I can't afford that. Uh, but if you buy a couch and you go, well, uh, and I've still got money to do all the other stuff. And it was allocated with one of the dollar line items, like Rachel was saying, then there's no guilt for buying the couch because you didn't not pay your rent because you bought a couch. But, right. but when you just go, Oh, I'm going to buy a couch on impulse. And it's not in person. It's doesn't have the perspective of the holistic perspective of your whole picture that the budget gives you. That's when people make mistakes, but very few people do stupid stuff on purpose, you know? Right. Like right. we're going to write down and plan to do stupid stuff that just, people don't do that. So that's why the budget fixes that for you. It'll cause you to, to be careful in all of it, in generosity, in spending and in investing and do it very, very intentional. Right. And then of course, we're going to tell you to take the free money that you can find in that budget and work up what we call the baby steps, which is the shortest, fastest, right way to become wealthy. Gotcha. Yeah, because I, you know, after my last job, and I spent money on getting a brand new car, um, and I didn't take any any loans because the idea of having to owe someone else any form is kind of paranoia for me. Good. Um, so I carry about seventy k and just in my as an emergency plan. I know I don't need that much, um, and I know I can invest about forty k of that. Yeah, then do have plenty of leftover. Then do. Um, so. I guess investing portion wise, do you guys have any recommendations as far as how to make sure whether that's passive or, or kind of opportunities in the stock market or other ways to, I guess, further my wealth? Tell you what, I'm going to send you a copy of the book, the total money makeover, which is going to walk you right up the baby steps, what to do first, what to do second. When you get to what's called baby step four, you'll start putting 15 It's the first time you invest. You'll start putting 15% of your income into retirement savings, Roth IRAs and 401ks and good growth stock mutual funds. So hang on. We'll have Austin and the team pick up and send you a total money makeover book. It's the, um, it's the baby steps on steroids. It'll show you every little thing on what to do with the baby steps. Sam is with us in Boston. Hey, Sam, how are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing, Dave? Better than I deserve. How can we help? Yeah. So I'm calling in. Um, I got a career question for you guys. I recently, uh, just moved into baby step three and just got engaged, which is super exciting. Um, so I'm calling because I currently, I, I'm, I work as a assistant project manager for a infrastructure company and I travel from, for work. Um, I live in upstate New Hampshire. So kind of outside of Boston by just a couple of hours. Um, I live in a small town up in the white mountains. Um, but I'm calling because I'm kind of struggling uh, being, you know, newly engaged and everything. Uh, eventually, I, I don't want traveling to be a long-term. How much do um, you travel? Long-term. Um, so I'm out on the road every week. Uh, right now, for example. Five I'm days working, a week? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, it depends on, on the week and what's going on with the project, but yeah. um, I'm fortunate to be able to go home on weekends. Yeah, sounds like you're changing jobs. I mean, it's pretty simple. Not a sustainable lifestyle with a yeah. family. Not what it's you hard. want to do. It's not You don't want to be gone five days a week, you said. And I don't think they're going to stop you from doing that because they need you to go do that. That's why they hired you. Sorry to cut you short, but it is pretty that sim- pretty much that simple. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone and they even have low cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Justin is in Austin, Texas. Hi, Justin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on. Certainly. How can we help? I have a kind of what would Dave do question. Um, I'm My wife is looking to leave education and go back to get her master's to become a therapist. And so I'm looking for the best way to approach to cash flow this and not take out any debt. Um, we currently make about 200000 a year. Uh, the only debt we have is our home and one rental, which we are aggressively paying off and trying to get paid off in the next three years. Mm-hmm. And so my big question is, should I suspend retirement knowing i get a generous match from my employer uh to help cash flow this or just tighten up the budget i'm curious what you would do um so a master's in counseling correct okay to do what to uh be a therapist to counsel uh families adolescents um you know families in need those kind of things okay um so as you're probably already aware, there is a vast spectrum of potential cost on this. You can spend, you can spend already, a, a we, lot or a little. And we already have the cost, so I know exactly how much it's going to cost me per month. How much is it going to cost you? Right about 1400 And that's the exact amount before tax if I was to pause my retirement that I'd be getting each month. Yeah. And you said your household income, those 200 Correct. Why can't you just cash flow 1400 and keep doing your retirement? And that's what we're thinking about doing. We just didn't know if it'd be wise to suspend knowing that she could potentially come out of this making, you know, right around 80 to hundred K a year. And then that would just make things not so tight. So again, I don't want to sacrifice the retirement, but if I had to, I'm willing to, I just, again, want to make sure I'm making the right decision. I, I would. Yeah. It would be more sacrificing lifestyle, Justin, than retirement is what we, is what we would probably pick. Hmm. Um, and, and is it a two year program? Uh, minimum two year could be two and a half ish, depending on her okay. uh, internships. Yep. Gotcha. And how old are you guys? I'm 38. She's 34. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would continue to probably just do retirement. Um, yeah, I would. And then sacrifice lifestyle. I mean, I know it makes it kind of tight. And I don't know if even there's a 
extra work you could pick up just as a side hustle, you know, every other week for a little bit just to bring in some extra cash. You could do does, that does as well. She, does she quit while she's doing this? So she's going to, the first year when she's just doing classes, she's going to work part-time. So that will help offset a little bit of the cost. But then as she goes into her clinicals or, or, or internships, that will increase where she might. Not so when all of that much. happens, what's the household income? Uh, well, well, so my income is with the 200 is not what she's making right now. So anything she makes will be additional to that. Oh, so you gotcha. make 200. Okay. Correct. Yeah, yeah the, that's yeah. great then. Cause yeah. if she's working part time a little bit next year, then that's going to give you guys some breathing room. And then it's really only a year and maybe a few months of it yeah. being really focused on just cutting some lifestyle if you need I mean, to. She makes 15,000 a year. She cash flowed it. Correct. Yeah. Which is what we're going to try to do. Just yeah. we're not sure of the workload just yet, but ideally we would like to not sacrifice retirement if we didn't have to. I don't think yeah. you have to. I think you have to sacrifice something else. You make two hundred. You need fifteen thousand. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think I think you yeah. cut. I think you don't go on vacation because we have a greater goal. I think we back Christmas yeah. down because you have a greater goal. I think we quit going out to eat so dad gum much because you have a greater goal or whatever your lifestyle. Yeah. Whatever you whatever you want to lump into the lifestyle category. What Rachel was saying is dead on. Yeah, it's this is a lifestyle cut. Uh, and it, again, it's temporary for a greater goal, and it's a wonderful greater goal. I mean, what she's going into is good. Uh, what you're paying for it is a mm-hmm, reasonable amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's going to get this degree in the thirty thirty five thousand dollar range, um, and you know, be helping people. This is this is a good move. This is this is education the way it's supposed to be used uh, to actually cause you to make more and do good. You know, that's what education's for, as opposed to getting a degree in left-handed puppetry, which some people do, and this kind of stuff. So, yeah, that, that's this is very, very good. All Everything you brought to us was wise, except you guys just haven't looked at, we need to scale back lifestyle and keep on our investment goals. Yep. That's what I would do. So, uh, good question. Thanks for calling. Tommy is in Augusta, Georgia. Hey, Tommy, what's up? Hey, Dave. Wow, I'm so happy I got through to you. Me we're, too. We're happy you're here, Tommy. What's How up? Can we help? <laughs> hey, um, I I've been listening to the podcast every day, um, uh, for maybe a month and a half. I uh, so many, so much of your stuff uh, just makes a whole lot of financial sense to me, and and I want to, I admire the fact that you guys bring Christ onto the radio every single day and you guys are not ashamed of the of the gospel. Well thank you, Tommy. How can we help you today? I have uh I'm I'm getting married June second. Yay uh, I'm I'm fifty two years old. I've never been married and I'm a little I'm a little anxious but I'm very excited. Uh my fiance and I uh but between the the two of us, um, well, I'll just talk about my debt right now. Um, I have about 18500 18, in student loan debt, uh, probably another uh, 3000 in a, a furniture furniture debt, and I also have, um, I have my, my mortgage. Uh, Ninety ninety eight thousand. So, when we get married, I will be moving uh, to her house that she has, and we'll be selling mine. Um, 
The market value right now, I believe on mine, is roughly 165 So I think I'm going to come out a little ahead. And I also have uh, $20,000 in a high-yield savings account right now. Um, I've been reluctant to pay off this student loan debt all because of this uh, this uh, wish wishful thinking that they're going to forgive it. Um, but I also understand that I received that money as a loan years ago. Tommy, how can we and best help you re- today? I've, I'm just trying to. Uh, I don't. I'm. I guess I'm. Uh, Where to start? I just don't know. I just don't know enough yet um, okay. about what you guys are teaching. I'm very interested in it, and I would like to. I've been telling my fiance about it, and and the little bit that I know that I'm, you know, telling her about. I'm, I don't know if, if if it's really clear. If I'm getting through clear to her. Okay, so Tommy, um, what we're gonna do first and foremost is Austin's gonna pick up. And we're going to gift you and your fiancé, who will be your wife in two weeks. Our wedding gift. A wedding gift. So so congratulations, Tommy. You get a wedding and Financial Peace University <laughs> coming up. And so you go through that together so you guys can at least be talking out of the same, you know, with the same language, out of the same perspective. But what you're going to do, Tommy, yeah, is I would take that money that in the high-yield savings account, pay off the furniture first, get rid of that $3,000 loan. And then start tackling the student loan debt. And the beautiful thing is, Tommy, when you guys sell your home, you're going to come out with about 65000 And if she has any debt, then you're going to use some of that money to pay off hers. You guys together are going to combine your finances. So you're going to look at all of your debt together, lined up regardless of whose debt it is, and start working a plan to pay that off. You guys are going to combine incomes. You're going to be budgeting together. Uh, so that's really the first big step and then get an emergency fund. Then you'll go on to baby steps four, five, and six, but you're you're going to dive deep into all of that with Financial Peace University. So I I would sit down and you guys go through that together because that, that is the plan and working together is a really key part of this. And I know all this is you know new to you, maybe even new to her, um, of just this idea of being intentional with your money. And so I think it's kind of a, a fun thing for you, Tommy, that you're entering a new season of life as a married man for the first time and there's probably gonna be this level of feeling like other changes are going to happen and your money is probably going to look a lot different a year from now which is very exciting because you may actually end up controlling it and feeling in control of it for the first time ever so hang on the line tommy austin will pick up Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here. We love to give away money around here. I know that sounds weird, uh, a place that is all about helping you with your money. We give money away, and we're giving away $500 a week this month and a $3,000 grand prize in the Ramsey Cash Giveaway. No purchase necessary. You can enter up to once a day. Must be 18 years older, older. And there's great deals in the uh, RamseySolutions.com bookstore. And all the books, just about all of them are bestsellers, and just about all of them are $10 right now. And that includes the uh, Questions for Humans cards by uh, Second Edition, the conversation cards out with Dr. John Deloney. 
So there's all kinds of things there. So be sure you check all this out. $10 sale and $500 a week at $3,000 total grand prize giveaway. All available at RamseySolutions.com slash store. John is in Dallas. Hey, John, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure speaking with you guys today. You too. What's up? So I, um, uh, my employer offers an employee stock purchase plan at a 15% discount. And um, I'm the type of guy that buys and buys and buys and buys stocks and just holds and holds forever. And should I, when, when it comes to employee stock purchase plan, should I buy it and then wait for a year for long-term capital gains and sell it? Or should I buy it and sell it right away? What would be the strategy for that? Well, I generally don't recommend you buy it at all. Uh, if you're going to buy it, don't let it become more than 10% of your net worth. Uh, single okay. stocks are much too risky. And the 15% discount is nothing special. Every single company that has an employee stock option plan has a 15% discount. They're all set up that way. And so, um, and if you'll pull up your 52-week charts on the stock, unless it's a very unusual stock, you'll see as much as 15% variance during the 52 weeks. So, in other words, you could lose anything the discount is in one move of the stock. Right. And so it's not like it's a huge discount. 50% discount would be huge. 15% in the single stock, as volatile as they are, not that big a deal. So if you love your company and your company has a great track record and the stock looks like a great stock to buy and you're just absolutely chomping at the bit to do it, don't allow single stocks as a category to become more than 10% of your total net worth. John, I don't buy any single stocks. I don't own a one. Yeah, and there's, I feel like a lot of employees, because we get this question on the regular, I feel like, um, because I feel like for some people too, they, if they have a good work experience and they love their company and they Doesn't believe in it. Doesn't mean the stock's good. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying is like, it, it, it's a, there's an emotional tie for people with work as well when this comes into play. So you do want to, if that becomes, uh, if those two collide, you want to uh, detach the emotion from it. But I mean, I've, heard, I've talked to people and they're like, I just love my company so much. It's just so great. And I'm going to be here for it. And I just believe in it. And it's like, it's a more of an emotional yeah. type and of, and of not, investment. That and that's a not bad, a wise that's way. That's a really bad idea. Yeah. yeah. But the thing that the lack of diversification is what we're talking about here. When you've got all your eggs in one basket, some fool is twirling the basket, you know, and that's, that's the old uh, financial planning thing. The first time I ran into this, early like 25 years ago i was sitting one-on-one -on -one doing a coaching session with a lady who was 70 years old and she had worked for procter and gamble for 40 years and she had all of her 401k and all of her wealth seven hundred eighty thousand dollars in procter and gamble stock well i don't remember what happened i don't even remember what year it was but that year procter and gamble had some crises and they lost 38 percent of their value mm. And so her 780,000 turned into like 400 Yeah, and she was freaking out. But the reason was she had left herself vulnerable. That's a high risk play because you're, you bet the farm, you, you went up to the booth at the Kentucky Derby and you bet the family farm on one horse mm -hmm. and then somebody shoots the horse. I mean, you know, this, oh my gosh. well, I mean, this is what happens, right? This is the kind of garbage you get into. Or the horse didn't win. I know. Well, I mean, it could be just that simple. But, yeah, it would be more dramatic if you did it my way. But the uh, 
I mean, this is what happens in these companies, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's yeah. just you lose, lose your mind. I'm now in the George Camel camp now. Yeah, I've, I've got Ramsey the, I've not got the horse horses. haters after me, but he, I wasn't killing horses. It was a bad metaphor. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, we love the horses. whole booth is in the floor laughing. My kids love spirits. The, the cartoon it's great we love horses here yes yes anyway don't put all of your eggs in one basket don't bet the farm on one horse don't have a large portion of your net worth any more than 10 percent in single stocks tons of research projects like hundreds of them that will show you that individuals buying individual stocks thinking they know what they're doing, lose money more often than they make money, and on average only make about a 7% rate of return on their portfolio because they don't know what the flip they're doing. They're not diversified, and it's a bad idea. So I only buy mutual funds for that reason, and I know a lot about it. I mean, I, can, I, can, I know how to pick a stock, uh, and it wouldn't be based on the fact that I like the color of the company that was on the sign or some kind of crap that people do all the time. So, I mean, you know, none of that. It's We're going to get into the actual financials on it. But all of that to say, I don't want to make a 7% rate of return because I've made over 12% by people who pick stocks for a living all day long for a billion-dollar mutual fund. They're smarter than me. Yeah. And they're more specialized, and they spend their whole life on every little nuance of that. Well, and what's interesting today and because of apps, technology, and just the ability for the average person to jump in to the market. Well, is, I mean, is, stuff is, like Robinhood. Is an easier, yeah. it's, there's an easier access point. So yeah. people are doing it more and it's, more because it's accessible. I mean, like you can just, it's right there. You just well, download Robinhood the app. Well, Robinhood has acted like they have democratized trading. No, you didn't. You're just an app where people can buy stocks and do stupid butt stuff, and they do it all the time. That's all it is. And that's yes. how you got into the GameStop thing. Right. That's how you got into all this other but stuff. But what I'm saying is the average consumer back in the 80s, it, it's, yeah. it, was a, it was a much... Day traders. Yeah, it was a much... It was a, it was a whole sit, thing. We had computers and we could connect. There, in the 80s. And we could... Yes. We barely internet though. Yeah. And we could buy stuff and do stock trades. I had a friend that was a stock trader. That's what he did for a living. He lost 78% of his money in one year. Yeah, it was just dumber than a rock. You know, I mean, it's just this. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. So all that to say, John, not saying you're dumb and I'm not saying what you're doing horrible. I'm just giving you some guidelines and the reasons behind them. Don't do more than 10 percent of your total net worth in a stock. Pick the stock for the right reasons. 15 percent discount is not much. Those are our comments on your question. So really, really good thing to think about. So it even says it in the Bible. Spread your portions to seven, yes, to eight, for disaster may come upon the land. Or the horse. Or yeah, the, that the, poor the horse. Disaster could come. You know, Just disaster sad. could come. Sad about that and horse. So, that poor horse. Damn. And so, yeah. But the <laughs> metaphorical horse. Yeah. Don't bet the family farm at the racetrack on one race. And that's essentially what you're doing, right? Because you got all your net worth tied up in a single play and – Versus a mutual fund, which is 90 to 200 Different stocks, stocks in there. So yeah. that's the safety of it. That's where. Yeah, the spreading out of your money. Spread your money around. That's diversification. You hear financial people say, I have a well-diversified portfolio. Well, that's all that means. You spread your money around. Money is like manure. It makes more when you spread it. 
you know, doesn't you left in one pile stinks, spread it out, grow stuff. That's how it works. So same exact thing. And, uh, just keep it, keep it, you know, keep it simple. Don't try to be fancy and you'll always make more money. People you'll always make more money in the long haul. This is the Ramsey show. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Number one, best-selling author. KC is in New York city. Hi KC. How are you? Hey Dave, I'm good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so I'm kind of a, a newer listener and, uh, before I actually found you, I had filed bankruptcy mm-hmm. and, um, my current bank, they offer a, it's kind of like a loan, but it's not an actual loan to help you rebuild your credit. Mm-hmm. And what you do is um, you make payments every month to them, and they turn it in as you've made on-time payments. And then at the end, you actually get what you put into it. And they were telling me that uh, with me wanting to buy a house within the next two years, that that would be something that I should do because the bankruptcy would follow me for so long. And I was just kind of wanting to get your opinion on it. So you filed a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, a total bankruptcy. Yes. Wiped out all the bills. Yes, sir. Okay. What happened? Um, so to be quite honest, um, I am in recovery. Um, mm-hmm. I was a addict uh, pretty much my entire life. How old are you? And I had a lot of things. Um, I'm 38. What were you on? Uh, heroin. How long you been dry? Uh, two years. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. Proud Thank of you. you. Okay. All right. And how, and what was the size of the bankruptcy? How much debt did you have? Uh, all in total, it was about, uh, 68,000. Okay. All right. Well, KC in 1988, I filed bankruptcy. My wife, Sharon and I lost everything because I was stupid and, um, I went too far in debt. One of the conclusions I came to, uh, coming out of that bankruptcy. And as you said, you're kind of new to our stuff was that I want to avoid debt. I hate debt. If you look up Dave Ramsey on the internet, about the first thing you're going to see is he hates debt. (laughs) You know, right after somebody's pissed off at me about something, but somewhere around in there, I'll have Dave hates debt, right? You follow me? Yes, sir. And the reason, the reason is, is that, um, obviously it, it didn't land well for me, didn't land well for you. Um, and, uh, you know, it landed us in a mess. It did, it was not a blessing to us. And so, uh, and your most powerful wealth building tool going forward is, your debt is your income staying out of debt. And I'll give you this. I I haven't seen the statistics in a while and I wish Dr. John Deloney was here. He could probably quote one for me, but the recidivism rate, in other words, staying sober versus not staying sober, uh, has a lot to do with controlling your life and keeping it very clean, peaceful, and simple. Would you agree with that? Yes, sir. As opposed to hectic, out of control, chaotic, 
uh, all those kinds of things. Debt is all of those things. It's hectic. It's chaotic. It's you're no longer in control of your money. It has to go to someone else and all that kind of stuff. So I'm making a case here for you to consider that part of your sobriety even is connected to your continued sobriety is, is connected to keeping your life real clean, real simple. And that's no debt. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to sell you as hard as I can on you staying away from debt. Now, once we've done that, then we say, okay, why would I need to rebuild my credit? Cause the credit rebuild thing is a joke. It's all about, uh, I need credit. Why? So I can go into debt. Why? So I can get credit. Why? So I can go into debt. Why? So I can get credit. Why? So I can go into debt. Well, I mean, it's a dog chasing its tail. This whole, I'm going to build my credit thing. Can you get a house after filing chapter seven bankruptcy in two years using this bank program? I doubt it. I think they lied to you or they don't know what they're talking about. I don't think you're going to get approved in 24 months from a discharge date on a chapter seven for a traditional mortgage. I think you might 36 months or 48 months later get approved for a mortgage with absolutely no credit at all after your chapter seven bankruptcy, a chapter seven bankruptcy stays on your credit bureau report for 10 years. It does not count against you for purposes of a mortgage, but three to four years. I don't think you're going to get a mortgage in two years, no matter what you do, unless you get a subprime ripoff mortgage from this bank. That's teasing you with this. I would stay away from those people. KC. Okay. You following okay, all this? That makes sense. Yes, sir. That makes sense. Cool. How's your family? Uh, we are all back together now and uh, doing doing fine. Back together with your wife or what? Uh, my wife and my children. Wow, it's mm, awesome. How many children have you got? Uh, three. Okay. I want you to get a house. I don't want the house to get you, and I don't want you to step into a trap pursuing a house too aggressively that's, okay that's what we're trying to avoid so renting casey renting is not is bad fine. in your case you're okay just rent for yeah. a little while we're putting our life back together after a traumatic life experience and dude let me just tell you we work with addicts all the time because a hundred percent of addicts have financial problems eventually so we i've worked with addicts for 30 years and if you beat heroin you are what's known as an unbelievably courageous, strong guy. That is a tough one. You've been dry two years. You're amazing. You hang on. Thank you do you. this. I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you, you play through. You, you, you're fighting the big dragon, and you can win. You're the guy that can do it. But, man, I'm telling you, you're, you're a beast. You get it. We want to help. We want to be part of your recovery. We're going to put you and your wife through Financial Peace University free, and you guys go learn oh, how to handle God, money and become really? – Absolutely. Not joking at all, man. We love people like you. Thank you. Yeah. You go get Thank that stuff and so we'll get, we'll, we'll get you into a house the right way, man. Yeah. And not let that house get you and you stay away from banks. You can't trust them. If you can tell their line, if their mouse move, than most of them. Yeah. And if it seems too good to be good, true, there's a few good bankers out there, but good gracious, the rest of you people. Uh, go ahead. Well, I, well, I was just saying, if it sounds too good to be true then huh. they know, and they're, probably feeding on exactly what they know that you want which is a house so they're gonna create a formula do something in order to convince you to stay with them so you know it's it's down. yeah i would say casey dave said it earlier but truly i'm like just you guys rebuilding your family after this and slowing down 
renting, not making like massive big decisions, right? Getting a steady income, you guys budgeting together, start saving, you know, there's there's just a beauty in rebuilding this and it's going to take time and it's going to be it's going to be a slower process, but that's actually I think the wisest way to do it. And so that includes uh, something like a purchase of a house. Yeah. Filed bankruptcy in 1988, a banker told me go sign up for every financial magazine. Subscribe to Money Magazine, Forbes, anything like that. And I did. And within five months, I was getting pre-approved credit cards. Mm. We had decided not to borrow money, so we just chopped them up. But, I mean, that's how dumb the system is and how dumb a banker is. Okay, you just filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy on millions of dollars with real estate because you're an idiot. So the first thing you do is go sign up for a whole bunch of financial magazines so you can get pre-approved credit cards to really prove you're an idiot. This, this was me, okay? I mean, this is like, how dumb can you be? But there's, well, all, there's always somebody of course, wants... Of course he wants you in it. There's always somebody it. wants to build your credit. Yeah. Just shoot me. Oh, my God. Just build my credit. Yeah. Why? So I can get into debt. Why? So I can build my credit. Why? So I can get into debt. And then we worship at the altar of the great FICO. Great FICO, you bring us offerings. We bring you offerings so you can be provide our provider. You bring us good things, great FICO. We get good things because we have big FICO. Everyone wants big FICO. How dumb are we? Man, you people have lost your minds out there. And I was the I used to be captain of you, now I'm not. This is the Ramsey Show. It's Rachel Cruz. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.